on a Wednesday morning, Bo Wolf, and those of you who watch the show, who have watched us for a long time, those of you who have watched us for a short time, anybody who knows Zach Berman knows that for him to not be here today requires something very significant. The man is dealing with, uh, with a sickness that you saw on the show yesterday. He's hacking up a lung. We have convinced him, and hopefully his <laughs> wife has convinced him to take it easy today. Jamie Lynch, stepping up in a big spot. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, good. Happy to be here. I knew when I got the text from you yesterday that said, hey, Zach, like, we're basically sending Zach home like, <laughs> for his own good. Uh, when I knew I got that text, I was like, damn, Zach must be down bad. Um, so, yes, I know it takes a lot for him not to be here today. But even Zach down bad is tweeting at 8 a.m. talking about how he's going to be watching the show today live. <laughs> and sending me very kind text messages about being thankful for filling in for him. Yes. So, uh, yes, the gentleman that he is, of course. Yes, so we've got uh, plenty to talk some about on, some this, liquids there, buddy. on this show today. We're yes. going to do our weekly roster draft. Jamie's going to step in for Zach. We'll see how good he is at rock, I, paper, scissors. I'm uh, oddly uh, nervous about this. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing that you don't need to be nervous about. Zach loses every week. Okay, all right. So you can't right. do worse. So the bar is low. Yeah. Right. I mean, last week he took uh, Travis Kelsey over the Eagles' advantage at wide receiver over the Chiefs, and that was literally the difference in the game was the Eagles had better <laughs> wide receivers. So uh, a loss for him there. So I think I think uh, upside all right. for you here all today. Right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this Bills team in general, how they might be something of a cautionary tale for the Eagles and uh, just a general uh, Eagles talk, maybe some, some Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's preview. Kelly. It's Kelly green it's week. Kelly again. Green week. Um, yeah. It's, it's a great time of the year right now. I mean, I always Thanksgiving's weird because where's Thanksgiving on your like holiday hierarchy. So I talk kind of shit on it all year. I'm mm-hmm. always like, yeah, Thanksgiving's overrated this and that. And then I have a tradition today where I go to the Reading Terminal Market and then drink some beers at Molly Malloy's okay, and nice. uh, hang out with some friends. And then it's a great family time. And then Thanksgiving, we're staying. I hope there are some sickos who stalk you there. Yeah. Now that <laughs> Please come going. down to Reading Terminal Market today at uh, 1245. Uh, we'll grab a pint. Uh, and then I always enjoy Thanksgiving more than I realize I do. And then I feel bad about talking shit on it uh, all year. So I think it's higher up the rankings than I uh, than I even realize. What are we doing? What are what's what's the plan? For um, so my generation has taken over control from the older generation to give them you know some time off. They've put in their duty on Thanksgiving Day. So my cousin Tim and Noel host, and this year we're actually taking the girls and spending the night over there. Oh, so that's we can we can do the fire pit and the whiskey late night and actually oh, nice. hang out and and do all that. And maybe they can have some ice cream for breakfast. Absolutely. They can have some ice cream for breakfast. What a big move out of you this morning. Yes. My daughter asked me for ice cream and my gut went, no, 
And then I was like, I never do this. Screw it. It's the holidays. Have some ice cream for breakfast. And you're not going to be taken care of for the rest of the day. And so I'm out. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so easy, easy move by you. So what does the, uh, the wolf pack do here for? We are having uh, my family, my side of the family over tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I, still, I got a lot of uh, uh, errands and cooking to do over the Ooh, next 24 hours. Yeah. And so. you enjoy cooking. I do. So do I. Yeah. And a spatchcock that turkey. Are you? I love a spatchcock. Yeah. Um, we're going to do some, uh, let's see, going to gonna make uh, the gravy, going to do some, I think I'm going to do an oyster sausage stuffing, Ooh. Uh, mac and cheese, green beans, pearled onions, maybe a mashed potato casserole type deal so Ooh. I can make it ahead of time. Smart. Smart. And uh, one other thing that I'm missing. Okay. That's good work. I'm not, here's the thing that I'm not good at is like keeping track of everything that I have to do. Sure. I'm not a good list maker. Uh-huh. Um, and so there, there might be like, I'm going to have to force myself to actually write down the, the like the juggling that I'm going to need the to do. The staging of it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think my cousin Tim and Noel were, were smart and outsourced a lot of their cooking. I mm-hmm. think they do the bird, but like each family brings a side uh, so they don't get too overwhelmed. That's impressive by you. Take all that. There's a, you know, there's some help. There's, there's some help okay. coming. Uh, my sister's going to do like a sweet potato thing and uh, a salad. Okay. Somebody else is bringing uh, appetizers. Nice. That's, I'm usually yeah. the app guy. I, yeah. uh, I stand up for the apps. What time are you guys eating? It's a good question. Uh, I think 4.30, but we do like You a know big... what? I haven't even looked at the schedule of games for tomorrow. Neither have I. Um, we're a big soup course family, okay. which Renee and I have gotten into on the Phillies show. Um, my Aunt Weezy usually makes a mean like butternut squash or some kind of like fall-themed soup. So we do a little soup and salad. Go back out, like watch that. TV, get the main course ready. So we, we're a course. Just keep the main thing the main thing. You got to keep the main thing the main thing. That's right. Okay, so we got we got Packers-Lions, 1230, classic Thanksgiving yeah. matchup. Uh, Commanders-Cowboys is the 430 game, and then the night game, Niners-Seahawks. That's a pretty good spread. And Geno Smith is questionable, but I think is leaning towards playing from everything I I've heard. I think that's right. And they're going to be wearing those like uh, highlighter jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about Lions- Cowboys every Thanksgiving. Do you do you like the tradition of it? Do you get I don't tired mind, of it? I don't mind the tradition of it. I, I do think it is unfair that the Cowboys have this built-in advantage where they never have to play on the road on a short week. They it's never play a, a road Thursday night game. Yeah, and it's a guaranteed 10-day stretch at some point in the season where you're getting a break. It's all right. Jerry Jones says, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's gotten them a Super Bowl anytime in the last No, no, it hasn't. Years. And uh, Rich Hoffman in the Daily Newsletter, which I'm a big fan of, Love the uh, newsletter. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rich's newsletter. And you should sign up for it at allphly.com. Uh, honestly, even if I didn't work here, I would love this newsletter. Uh, but Rich raises the point today that the Eagles might be America's new team because the three highest viewed games nationally this year are all Eagles games coming off of Monday nights being the most viewed of the year. What do you think that is? I think the Eagles are really a fun team to watch. I think people love to hate them. Um, now that there's tush push element it has yeah. has become a thing. I think people love to hate that. I think Jalen Hurts is an electrifying quarter quarterback and the Eagles are stacked. Um, so anytime they're playing a big team like a Dolphins, a Chiefs, a Bills, it's the reason it's the game of the week this week. Uh, they're really good. And I think people do enjoy hating Philadelphia. I think there's a little Kelsey thing too probably right yeah with uh with the swift and the podcast and the documentary sure. i think that's a little bit what do they call them the 92 percenters or something they're yes. listeners yes so i'm sure there's a little uptick for 92 percenters so. yeah 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles America's team. A lot of people are saying it, Bo. Also in Rich's newsletter, the uh, the clip of Nick Sirianni going uh, going Nico Sicko mode. <laughs> And then Slay, which you enjoyed as well on the sideline. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think uh, they took that game pretty damn seriously is what I take of that. Um, yeah, a lot of F-bombs being dropped by uh, Mr. Slay there. Yes. F that S. Yes. And mocking their chop, uh, which I'm, I'm very pro mocking the chop. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro mocking uh, <laughs> racism. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, uh, dropping the I don't hear bleep now from the fans out in the tunnel. That, it's a that, good it is it is a good illustration of the difference between saying what somebody says and saying it as if it's true, right? Like Nick Sirianni all week is talking about this is just another game. That, sure. you know, this is it's not a big deal for us. And even if he's preaching that, it is your job as a journalist to not say, well, this game doesn't mean anything to them. It's just another game. No, that's what Sirianni is saying. You know that this game means more to Nick Sirianni. Everything that we have seen about this guy for the last three years tells you that he is gonna he's gonna take like uh, a lot of umbrage about this game. Yeah, I think I think one of the big reasons why people kind of like Sirianni here is not only obviously the winning is incredible, the rate he's winning at, but you get the feeling that he cares like we care. Uh, like when you see him fiery on the sideline and talking smack to the fans and high fiving people, he feels like he's able to escape into that like almost fandom where it means that much to him. Because most like guys in the league, most athletes, that's it's work. You know what I mean? And it feels like when Nick Sirianni things are going well, he can almost escape, have that like two three minute run of like fandom, right? And then get back into coaching again. It's also kind of nice that that he is unencumbered by the actual play calling. Yeah, right. So that he he's he he can he can allow like the uh, the hide of himself to to get out instead of having to be just Mr. Jekyll the whole time. So it's interesting you bring this up because my text changed yesterday uh, with some college buddies, some high school buddies. You know, a lot of Eagles chatter after the big win. Uh, one of my chains was going, man, Brian Johnson's got to be removed as OC. Brian, like three or four guys all saying the same thing. And I was like, guys, whoa, 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 whoa. chill out. They're nine in one. <laughs> First off, I understand you don't like seeing, you know, 16 wide receiver screens that are ineffective in a game. They won the game. Second, Nick Sirianni willingly gave up the job because it was a lot for him, to your point. Sure. I think having a coach removed from the actual game chart that's a hard thing to do because there's so much to coach and manage within the game right. that isn't the play calling. So the Eagles have had this wild success with him removing himself from the play sheet and just being the coach and being able to enjoy things and maybe going able and talk to a guy that he needs to talk to. So I, I, I am in no way, shape or form. There's no easy, there's no better answer than Brian Johnson right now. And I think Nick Sirianni removing himself has been a really big positive for the Eagles. I think you can also sort of like sell yourself on the idea that that Brian Johnson is on an arc of improvement and is going to be getting better. Like this sure. is the first time he's done this in the NFL. I also think it's hard to uh, actually, without knowing, disentangle how much of the offense is Nick Sirianni's offense. I mean, the entire game planning process, like he is very invested in that. And I think we undersell it because he's not the one, you know, as he as he says, like, picking the items off the menu, but he's the one putting the menu together. Sure. Right? Um, and so I think it is, it is his offense, even if Brian Johnson is, is the one calling the plays. And speaking of the restaurant, we didn't talk about this after the game. There was the, the clip when he was mad. I forget exactly what it was that he was mad about, 
but uh, they were showing him like, and you could read his lips and he was saying, I want to talk to John. Let me talk. Give me John. Like, I want to talk to John. And I think that was the head ref of the game. It was very much like, let me talk to the manager. Like, excuse <laughs> Wait, me. Wait, did Nick Sirianni have his Karen moment? <laughs> I think it was like, it was a Karen moment. He had yeah. his Karen moment. moment. All right. See, like, what's not to like about this guy? He kind of like just flies. He's, he's full of emotion, you know, like. I don't want to talk to you. Let me talk to your boss. <laughs> get, get your boss in here. You can't help me. Let me go above you. Uh, if he comes out with a Karen haircut against mm. the Bills, that would really, like, he could cement himself as an all-time great here. I like that. And as you said after, <laughs> on the show after, after, um, after the game, it's like if he was anybody else's coach, you would hate him. Right? He's almost got, he's like Pete Carroll on steroids. Like, Pete Carroll kind of had that, you know, he would do, like, the Conor McGregor pimp walk and, like, hip thrust, and he'd really <laughs> get into it. But Nick Sirianni has been like, oh, that's cute. I'm going to triple this and go curse out some fans, high five people, run up and down the sidelines, stick my face in the cameras. And when it's going great, it's great. He's your coach and it's pretty awesome. Right. Well, if you want to go watch Nick Sirianni's antics in person on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, you could do that by checking out the game time app because game time is the place to buy tickets for your favorite events especially if you don't want it to be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all that good stuff. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. I'm going to pour one out here for my boy. Two taps. And you're set. <laughs> tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So I, uh, I quote tweeted our, our show YouTube link out for the good people, the sickos of the world. And uh, I said, I'm doing my best Zach Berman impression today. I will surely fail. Uh, the first comment I got was uh, one that just made me chortle a little bit. He said, make sure you dress nice and say everyone's full name every time. So that's the standard I have to get to. I dressed okay. Yeah. It's, it's not Zach Berman. Honestly, the biggest difference right now, I would say, is the posture. Oh, yes. The, he is, he is a yeah. very straight spine and proper. I am lounging, lazy, <laughs> slovent, and some would say homeless looking. Uh, in our some have said that. Some yes. have said yeah. that, yes. Yeah. So here I am. I'm, That's okay. You know, I, uh, the other thing to tell you about is the PHLY Locker, where you can get all kinds of good PHLY merch. We got a Black Friday deal going on. 25% off, spend $75 and get a $15 gift card. You too can dress like Fletcher Cox. Yeah, how about that? That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. You know, our coworker, Fletcher Cox. Um, yeah, he was wearing the, the shirts and they're very comfortable. He was, yeah, he's, he's out there right now playing ping pong. <laughs> yeah. He's going through the fridge, yeah. eating some of the uh, leftover friends. Carlos cake. Yeah. How about Chris. That? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, the, I think uh, some family members might be getting some uh, PHLY locker uh, Christmas gifts this year. Nice. Yeah. So put a hoodie for you, hoodie for you. Everybody gets something. Beautiful. Yeah. That's what, uh, what we got. We got a comment from. Zach Behrman <laughs> oh don't need the posture when you have the height he says so there you go but look at look how dapper he looks even in his I told you know this YouTube is the thing he can't he, he can't stay away <laughs> he can't stay away but what what a nice headshot in the chat the very Good job very from proper Zach. um this Buffalo Bills team Jamie six and five uh they're coming off a win against the the New York Jets 
but they fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, uh, a little bit over a week ago. Joe Brady is the new offensive coordinator. I think you know they are still very much in the playoff mix, but uh, also in danger of missing the playoffs. Sure. We were talking uh, yesterday about how this is this is sort of could be like a cautionary tale for the Eagles, right? Where if you don't get the Super Bowl when you are you know the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league, things can change quickly, right? The window is it feels like it's going to be for a long time, and it, it may not always be. Um, like it feels like this this Bills team has missed its chance. There was that that uh, playoff game against the Chiefs, right, where it felt like these were the two best teams we'd seen in a long time, those, those, those offenses going back and forth, and they lose a coin flip, and they don't get to go to the Super Bowl. And now they're a team that is sort of looking at, like, the end of their window to some degree. Yeah, you know, that Chiefs-Bills game, what was it, like, 2019 or 18, whatever it was, I was like, this is the future of the NFL. The torches have been passed. Uh, Brady's on his way out. Allen and Mahomes are it. And now you, uh, you know what at, I think it was. I think it was 21 because it was actually it, been, it, it was, was the classic right Rich Hoffman COVID. tweet of um, like the the Eagles had lost to the Bucks in the playoffs the week before, and it was like it felt like those two two teams were playing a completely different sport. Yeah, Mahomes was probably drafted in 2018. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm drunk, um, but yeah, now you, that is doing a good job just like <laughs> being like Zach. That's, <laughs> that's how he shows up every day. Um, you thought those guys were it, the cornerstone pieces. And now, you know, we've kind of jokingly said, is Josh Allen on fraud watch? I think Ken Dorsey kind of got scapegoated there because yes. their defense is a travesty and their offense isn't that bad. There's a lot of turnovers involved. Um, but it kind of, I don't want to compare him to Carson Wentz because he's still much better than Carson Wentz was. Did you see that clip of uh, Tariq Woolen? Like fanboying out over Carson Wentz. No, it was a very weird tweet from the Seahawks. First of all, the Seahawks who lost a division game to the Rams, and they're like, "Oh, like Tyreek Willen uh, is just like us." And Reek Willen is is like, uh, "Wow, man, you're tall." To Carson Wentz, and he's like, "Oh, I'm tall. You're tall." And he's like, "Man, I don't want. I'm trying to fanboy out. Like, I'm like, you're a legend. You're a legend. Legend. I mean, wow. I didn't um, know Carson Wentz had that kind of sway. Yeah." I don't know if uh, Josh Allen has the uh, like room, locker room decisiveness and the mm-hmm. fall off and play and all that, but it does seem like the point I'm raising is like I thought the Eagles were going to be NFC contenders year in and year out for four or five years straight with Carson Wentz and that roster at the time, uh, and it fell apart. And it does feel a little bit like the Bills have fallen apart, but I don't think it's quarterback-related yet. I think the defense is just a sieve. And they can't stop anybody. And Ken Dorsey, you see the frustration in the booth when he's mm-hmm. slamming stuff down earlier this year. It's probably the turnover. Sean McDermott, I think, under his breath. Shout out LaSalle College High School's finest, Sean McDermott. Um, you know, he's frustrated, I think, with some of Allen's mistakes. There was a game like three weeks ago I watched when they were wearing the, the red uniforms. And Allen had like two red zone turnovers. And it, I, think, I think McDermott's brain like snapped. Like, I just saw him get red-cheeked and, like, cursing under his breath. So they're obviously having some problems, but it's pretty wild because I thought the Bills, much like the Eagles back in 17, were going to be it for, like, five, six years, and they're not. I think it's an interesting like, – the Fletcher Cox said this thing the other day, yesterday when he was when he was in, where he says it to coaches all the time, like, the, the calmer you are, the calmer we will be, right? He, he sort of needs you guys to be the calm ones. And I think in contrast to, like, the way that Sean McDermott is, is running things – you know, he he sort of like 
not so subtly f- flushes out Leslie Frazier so he can call the defense in the offseason midway through this season when you know you can you you should be able to rest on your laurels and and say are you know we have had some difficult losses but you know the advanced numbers say that the Bills are a top 5 team right there uh their point differential is really good over the course of the season we're going to work these things out and said he's firing the offensive coordinator midway through the season I think you can sort of read from the outside that that things in that building are not going so well. No, I would think that implies that Sean McDermott feels his seat is extremely hot, nuclear hot, because I think if he doesn't get this team to the playoffs this year, he's probably done there. I have a story about this, actually. Oh, yeah? I think I've told this story once before. Uh, When I was working for the Eagles in 2010, um, that was Sean McDermott's second year as defensive coordinator. I forget the exact game. I think it might have been a Packers game. Um, I wrote like the game story on the uh, on the team website, and it was something like the defense gave up uh, 28 points or whatever it was. And actually, one of the touchdowns in the game had been a defensive touchdown by the opposing team. So I got an email early in the morning, at like five in the morning or something like that, from Sean McDermott S. saying, just, McDermott "Just so you know, like," <laughs> and it wasn't a mean email. It was yeah. like, "Just so you know, like, there's a, a mistake in your article. Like, the defense didn't give up this many points." The uh, and he was right. It was a good early lesson. Like I, I should have been more buttoned up there. But also, it was an indication that he knew that what people he were was saying. under pressure, right? And sure. a few weeks later, he was he was let go. Yeah, his time here was interesting because it was like he was kind of the anointed next one, but it was like a year or two too early, it seemed. Uh, and then he had this wild success in Buffalo, and you're like, and he's still a really good coach. Uh, but I think it shows you, yes, that they probably listen and know what's going on a little bit more uh, and are probably – us LaSalle guys, we're a little sensitive. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're a little soft inside. Whereas, like, the DeAndre Swifts of the world are much more <laughs> put your head down. Much Callus, tougher. get to yeah. work, run you yeah. over. Yeah, so maybe Sean just heard that and he just wanted to correct you. And, and, and as a LaSalle guy, he was correct. He was absolutely yeah. – Technically correct. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think if he doesn't get it done this year, his time is probably. And that shows you how far they've fallen from grace. I mean, Brian Dayball. He has undoubtedly done an extremely good job there. Yeah. And he he even started like the coaching tree. Like his guys started having success elsewhere temporarily in New York. Um, So yeah, the hot seat is, is nuclear hot. Are you afraid of this Bills team? I respect them. I wouldn't use afraid. Okay. Uh, because I do think they're going to make nine some, and one. What's to be afraid of? Yeah, exactly. They should be afraid of us. I think there's going to be some Josh Allen turnover mistakes in this game. And if you're able to capitalize on it, I think it's uh, not going to be that difficult. And I don't like, I respect them. I don't want to like say like, Oh, the Eagles are just going to handle them. But I do think there's going to be bills mistakes that lead to a very winnable game at home. Kelly green, Right after Thanksgiving, bellies are full. People are fired up. Just had a great holiday. Um, I think it's a tough spot for the Bills to come into with their season on the line. But that being said, their season's on the line. The yes. Eagles is far from on the line. The other part of the cautionary tale thing that, that sort of comes to mind is, is with Josh Allen, where, I mean, he's still really, really good. Yeah. I feel like his body is maybe broken is too strong of a word, but is, it is not what it was. Uh, he's still a very effective runner, and even aside from the turnovers, I do worry about like the accumulation of hits that he has taken over the past few years, and I think that is a thing that you know we we talk about it with Jalen Hurts. 
I'm not saying that like that's the the arc of Jalen Hurts' career. I'm not gonna. Uh, I would I would not put a ceiling on Jalen Hurts anymore. But it is like a a reminder that like things things change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I listened to a Dion Dawkins interview this summer on Pardon My Take, just because I've always had an affinity for Dion. You know, I met him at Temple. He was a super nice dude. So I, I've followed this. Is a real, now, now that you're doing a really good Zach job here because Ooh. you got to play up the Philly guy angle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I met Dion and Hassan when they were at Temple, and uh, great dude. So I've always kind of followed. From right over there. Yeah, right up on North Broad. Uh, and I've always fo- I always follow the careers of local guys, especially the high school local kids that go on. Um, so I, I was listening to the Dion interview because he's a little bit of a character and he was talking about how how he love and hates blocking for Josh Allen because of what you said like the play's never over so he turns around expecting the play to be over and he's like oh bleep and then he's got to go hit somebody else again so I think like Josh Allen's style of play is I don't want to say problematic but it probably doesn't lend to a 15 to 20 year career to your point yeah and I think I I forget if it was McDermott or uh, one of the offensive coaches who said like or, or even Alan, who said they were telling him this, like there are hits that you need to take and there are hits that you need to avoid. Yeah. And, and he, it seems like he plays every play like it's the final play of the Super Bowl. Yeah. He feels like he's always on the verge of doing the Elway helicopter hit. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, maybe don't do that week three versus the Bears. Right. Uh, let's try and preserve you for the playoffs. And I always have talked about Jalen Hurts and not that I think he runs too much, but if I was a quarterback coach in the NFL, I would always show... Um, for a mobile quarterback, I would show him Russell Wilson tape because I think Russell Wilson, say what you want about him now, I think he does an extraordinary job of being a mobile quarterback that doesn't get hit. He's always ducking out of bounds. He's always throwing the ball away when pressure's near. He's always sliding. He does a really good job of minimizing the physicality of the of the position. Uh, and, you know, that's something – I think Jalen is doing a, a pretty good job of it yes. actually – um, he doesn't have the Allen gene. I think he's got more of the Wilson gene where it's like, okay, I need to be there for my team in the playoffs. Maybe week six, I don't, you know, try and take on a linebacker here and maybe I just dip out of bounds. Right. I think that's, I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because Josh Allen maybe mm. beat the hell up right now. Well, if you are looking for, uh, other ways to get some presents for your family on the holidays. If you want to get the PHLY stuff, but then also maybe get them some sports cards. I know a place that's right up your wheelhouse. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like tops, Chrome baseball and mosaic football, as well as t-shirts, hats and hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 brand, junk food, starter, and Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. So stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. When Zach is up and moving once again, I am sure he's going to be taking Reed to Wheelhouse Cards to make up for missing last weekend. <laughs> All right. You ready for the draft? So here, let, let's, let's... I made let's, my cheat let, sheet let's of set the positions stage here. here. Uh, we've got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, tackle, interior offensive line, edge rushers, defensive tackle, linebacker, corner, safety, special teams. That's 12 spots. We will do uh, rock, paper, scissors to decide who goes first. 
The next person gets uh, two picks, and then little Rochambeau. One from there, and if I pick like the Eagles' quarterback, that means you automatically get the Bills' quarterback. And the quarterback. So I've on. thought too long about the quarterback one because it's an interesting one here. Because the reality is, you're kind of okay both ways. Yes, exactly. Not a, not a huge not a huge delta, advantage, either but way. an important position. That's uh, part yeah. of the beauty of the draft. Yeah. Uh, all right, you ready for two out of three rock, paper, scissors? Absolutely. Now, Zach told me. Are you me, one, two, three? Rock, paper, scissors, throw? shoot. Rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. Yes. yes. Three tosses. Yes. And then, okay. Just want to clarify. Okay, ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Scissors, scissor. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. My rock beats your scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah! Scissors beats paper. Got swept. All right. First pick, that means you're going to get two picks. Joseph Kalich in the chat says, uh, Jamie's guaranteed a win because Zach Berman forgets how to play every week. Laughing emoji. <laughs> Zach, he didn't mean that. Don't listen. And Big Mike says, don't let Bogan in your head. <laughs> All right. I feel like you're a big mental warfare guy. <sighs> That's up for you to decide. <laughs> I This is tough. We, quarterback is uh, tight. I would I would rather have Jalen Hurts, but I don't think it's a, a huge difference. Not enough to make it the first overall pick. Wide receiver, I, I, you can make a case for the Eagles, but Stefan Diggs is very good as well. Uh, even the edge rushers, where the Eagles often have an advantage, the Bills have a very good group of edge rushers. I am going to go, uh, and no disrespect to your boy, but I'm going to let you have your old friend, Deion Dawkins, because I'm going to take the Eagles tackles, I think. I'm going to go Lane Johnson Damn and Jordan Mailata uh, to start building my offensive line. The Bills tackles. Do you want to see my first position group? Is on that the what you had? That yeah. Was, uh, it's so I'm not revealing the rest of my cheat sheet, but I did have Eagles tackles. If I got the number one pick, I, mean, I was going to take them. I did a good job on the board. Yeah, you did. Uh uh, those guys are good. Those guys are good. Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown. The, he's only allowed uh, a one sack Brown since week one. Okay, so he's he's kind of. He, I think he had a real rough week one and then kind of fixed himself. And the Bills are second in the league in in sack percentage. I think Josh Allen is probably the bigger factor there because <laughs> yes. their their pressure rate is like middle of the league. But uh, I also also think that Jordan Mailata has been up and down um, the past few weeks. He he gave up some pressures last week, sure. but I got a chance to have Lane Johnson arguably the best player in the game. I will, I will take that. All right. Well, you took my number one pick off the board. Um, so that hurts. Um, <laughs> a two Brutus. Um, so I am going to go with another group that Bruce you actually, the barber beef kid. <laughs> another position group there that you actually named as a possibility for the top one. Uh, and I am going to take the Eagles wide receiver group off of the board. Interesting. I think they, I think that's a good pick. I think Devante Smith and AJ Brown, no matter how you cut it, one of them's going to hurt you every game. So I'm I'm good taking the two of them. I think it's one of the best position groups on the field. Now Stefan Diggs, um, he's pretty good. He's very good. Yeah, seventh in receiving yards this season. He's got 77 catches for 895 yards. Not a ton of yak uh, compared to years past for him. He is 16th in yards per route run, whereas AJ Brown is like sixth. Uh, but this is the highest target rate of his career. They're throwing the ball to him a lot, and he spends like a, a third of the time in the slot. Uh, Gabe Davis, famously my guy, Gabe Davis, uh, has had sort of a, an 
like a tale of two halves this season. Once he lit up Temple at the link for UCF. Oh, really? I I was always I always targeted him in fantasy football because I think that day he went off for like four touchdowns and like 180 yards Love or something. That. And I was like, this Gabe Davis guy. And then he's got the beard. So I always target him as a fantasy player, and he's kind of let me down a little bit. He was bit my favorite guy in the draft that, that year. Really? Of the, of the middle round receivers. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, what a draft that turned out to be for me. Justin Jefferson and Gabe Davis. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jalen Rager. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was Sheila Kapadia's pick. Uh, Gabe, so Gabe Davis had like uh, 320 receiving yards in the first five games of the season, and he's got 150 in the last five games. It seems that uh, Khalil Shakir has been a little bit more involved. He had his, his 100-yard game against the Jets, but still, like, the passing game funnels through digs. Um, and I'm curious to see, once again, what the Eagles are going to do with a, a guy who moves around. It's a little bit like the CeeDee Lamb situation. So you're taking the Bills. All right. Well, I had, no, I'm not taking the Bills. Oh, you, you're not. You, you've given me the Bills. You, you oh, took okay. The so it is yeah, automatic. It's automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But so, you get to go again. Okay. You get, you get two picks. I mean, uh, I, I would certainly take the Eagles wide receivers over the Bills. Yeah, this year. I right. had the Bills down a little. Okay, so the, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're doing this on the fly. Um, now I'm torn because I have two Eagles trench groups that I think are the next two. So this is where the quarterback comes into play because – Screw it. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Wow. Because I think Josh Allen is going to have a turnover on Sunday. That's going to be the difference in the game. So I don't want that to be the deciding factor in our, in our matchup here. So I'm going to go with the safer play. And I believe that's Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab my guy off the board a little early, a little early because I, I am fine with either one. So I feel like, it's the most important position. It is. If you you know a little edge at quarterback is is more important than a big edge at corner or something. Yes, like or that. interior offensive line, which right. I was thinking about. Well, so let's talk about the Josh Allen uh, turnovers. Twelve interceptions this year, tied for the most in the league with Sam Howell. Fourteen interceptions last year, which was one behind the league leader. Fifteen interceptions in 2021, which was two behind the league leader. Uh, over the last three years, he's got 66 combined interceptions and fumbles, which is the most in the league by a, a wide margin. Jalen Hurts is like 11th on that list. However, all of that included, he's still like fifth in EPA per dropback and second yeah. in success rate. So you take those plays away, he is still awesome. But he is going to give the Eagles a chance at some point to to take the ball away. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts isn't too far behind him with nine interceptions now in the year. Uh, but if I'm doing this and... A lot of prides on the line with us come Sunday at seven thirty on the post game show. You know, I want I want to be the the, the victor. Um, so I'm going to go with the guy that's slightly safer this year. I think that's fair. Yeah. Plus he's at home, which is a nice little. He benefit. is at home. All right, I'm going to go, uh, and I could lock up the whole offensive line, but I'm, I'm 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 pretty good either way you go here because my next two I feel pretty well, good. Who's about. doing the mental warfare now? Yeah. I'm going to take the Eagles defensive tackles. I think that's the biggest uh, that difference. Was, that at, was my top choice. At an important position. Uh, Bill's defensive tackles are not bad. Ed Oliver is is very good and a good uh, pass rushing defensive University tackle. University of Houston. Signed him to a big uh, deal this offseason. Has, uh, has, has been good. But uh, their run defense has not been very good. Part of the reason they had to go out and sign Linval Joseph a couple weeks ago, just like the Eagles did. A season ago, Jordan Phillips starts for them is is just okay. Uh, Tim Settle, who I know that uh, our our boy Deniz will tell you is as difference making a player as there is in the league. But all of those guys 
stacked up against Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox, who I think is playing uh, as well as he has in the, in the past few years. Jordan Davis has been a little bit up and down last couple His weeks. His playing time's decreasing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, now he was dealing with an injury. You would hope that after the bye, it would it would be better. He's just been okay. Um, but Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, unbelievable. Maybe the best player uh, in this whole group, and I think Fletcher's playing very well. So give me the Eagles' defensive tackles, and I feel I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, uh, that was the top choice. Uh, the two I was mulling over next were both interior of the line, uh, and if you're going to take uh, the Eagles' tackles away from me. I will gladly take a Hall of Fame center, a all-pro left okay. guard, and a surging uh, pretty damn good Cam Jurgens. So I will take the Eagles' interior offensive line. You did take the D line because I was going to take my boy, the baby rhino, Jalen Carter. Uh, but I will, I will take Jason Kelsey and crew in the Eagles' interior. I've got Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, and Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance. Great name. Great name. Great name. Yeah. So you got to feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, you gave me a great name, I feel. <laughs> I mean, I gave you Stefan Diggs and Osiris. I mean, that's pretty cool. Osiris is so good. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a reasonable pick. Zach's going to be like uh, probably mad that I'm being so generous to you. And Where would Zach be picks, at this point in the process? The truth is you're doing a good job. Where would he be? Would he do it? Like, where does his irrationality? Where would he have gone wrong? Yeah. Good question. Was Dalton Kincaid going to get picked? Like that's what he did. It is what he did last week. You know, like God forbid, I get stuck with Jack Stoll. Um, yeah, he okay. might have done that. He has learned, I think, not to overdraft linebacker and running back. But because they're very low on my list. Yes. Um, because if you give me DeAndre Swift or James Cook, like I'm good either way. You know what I mean? The problem. The problem is that uh, if Zach is able to be convinced that he has made a mistake, it's going to haunt him the rest of the draft and totally throw him <laughs> off tilt. That's that's really how those things go. He really beats himself up, doesn't he? He does beat himself up. Yeah. Zach, Zach you're doing a great job. Take it easy, please. Yeah. Get some be orange kind juice. to yourself. Maybe, maybe take a, a Tylenol, keep that temperature in, in control. Yeah. You know, take care of yourself. A little self-care. All right, what am I going to do here? I uh, I could do the uh, tackle, I mean, the, the tight end thing. I could go, uh, you know, the Bills' corners are pretty beat up right now. Mm. Bills have a have a better tandem of safeties. I'm going to actually, I am going to go with the Eagles' cornerbacks. Ooh, um, now, all right. Uh, Rasul Douglas, who the Bills traded for, has been has been good for them. He had, had a turnover a, last week, had didn't a pick he? the other day. Yeah. Uh, love Rasul. But Dane Jackson, their other starter, is in the concussion protocol now, so he might miss this game. Uh, Teron Johnson has been targeted a lot in the slot. Christian Benford is the guy who who stepped in for Dane Jackson last week and and uh, is able to be taken advantage of. I like my chances with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Mr. Primetime, uh, Bradley Roby making a big play last Peanut week. Although, punch. Although he did uh, get toasted by MVS on that last play. Oh, yeah. Um, but I like... At an important position, I'm going to take I'm going to take Darius Slay and James Bradbury and feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I had the Eagles cornerbacks as an advantage for the Eagles. Uh, they were my second, and I'm glad you didn't take my first because this hasn't been taken yet, to my knowledge. Uh, give me give me the Eagles edge rushers. Yeah, I thought about it, but uh, well, go ahead. Over the Bills, uh, Von Miller has played in seven games this year and has two tackles. <laughs> He's playing like 20% of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll take the Eagles edge rusher group over the Bills edge rusher group. 
Uh, but right behind them, I had Eagles cornerback. So me and you are pretty simpatico here in our uh, in our value uh, charts. So here's why I did not take the Eagles edge rushers. Um, because the Bills have a really good group of edge rushers. Leonard Floyd is uh, eighth in the league with nine and a half sacks. He's got more sacks than Hassan Reddick or anybody else on the Eagles. He's 10th he's in the league in quarterback hit rate ahead of all the Eagles. Also ahead of all the Eagles in quarterback hit rate are A.J. Epinesa and Gregory Rousseau. A.J. Epinesa is 16th. He's got six and a half sacks. And Rousseau is right behind him at 19th. The highest guy for the Eagles is Josh Sweat, who's at 17th. Both of those guys, Epineza and Rousseau, spend some time inside as well. I'm not saying that I would necessarily rather have those guys than Redick and But Sweat. it's a pretty good compliment. But um, it's a good, and I think I think that top three, like I think their third guy right now is better than what the Eagles are getting from Brandon Graham. Uh, no shot at except Brandon Graham. Except when the game's on the line, except Brandon the Graham the line. becomes Reggie White. That's right. And, you know, Nolan Smith, who has been slow to make an impact so yeah. far. Yeah, he has. Like five snaps the other day. Um, I like the the Bills group of edge rushers, so I'm I'm happy. Not happy, but that's why I didn't. Necessarily it's a pretty go evenly and, matched group. It is. Yeah, it is. I just had to get my my boy Josh Sweat. Yeah. Well, now yeah. you're doing a good job with, as as yeah. Zach. Also, yeah. I've been a big sweaty season guy from the from the jump. You okay. know, so I got a lot of emotional equity in Josh Sweat um, as a fan. Sweat equity. Yes, some would say sweat yes. equity. Yes. All right, before we move on, let's uh, let's do one more ad read here as I pull it up. We're gonna Again, talk. Bo, uh, in traditional post-game fashion, <laughs> I forgot to ask you uh, pre-show what you would like me to take off I your should, plate that's, today. That's on me. You got a lot of cooking ahead today. Mm. Your plate is literally full. I, I'm not a good teammate you here. Know what, you know what comes third. You know what comes <laughs> last. It's FOCO, baby. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got your overalls. They've got your hoodies. They've got your hats. They've got your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10. 10% off. That's a new code, people. So don't go using the old code, PHLY10, for 10% off. I'm still wearing my FOCO Phillies friendship bracelets uh, because it makes me sad to take them off. Mm. Try to remember the good How times. How many are there? Uh, two of them. Do you think you'll go? I, I, I was asking myself this the other day. I was like, am I, are these going to be on in spring training? I don't think the answer is yes. Now, do you think you will take them both off at the same time? Or, yes. or is there one that you like better that you might get like an extra day? Um, they probably both go off at the same time. I'm a constant have to have something on my left wrist guy. Interesting. Uh, I'm a big rubber band wearer. Really? Uh, and my wife will tell you I'm an idiot. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing sleeping with a rubber band around your wrist? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I wear watches. Uh, and okay. now the friendship bracelet has How taken. How about like a slap bracelet? Uh, my daughters have some of those. So okay. I've been known to rock a slap bracelet around the house. Uh, but there's constantly something on my left wrist. and I, What do you think that comes from? Uh, CYO basketball. I thought it was really cool to have something on your left wrist because there was an NBA player and I can't like pinpoint it to somebody. Somebody wore something on their left wrist okay. once while shooting a J and I was like, that looks cool. <laughs> so I think it's just like something I've carried through decades of my life now. So you'll go, you'll replace that with a rubber band. 
Yeah, because our mail always comes in a rubber band. So a lot of time when I take the mail off, I just slide it right down the thick wrist. Thick rubber band or like a... Pretty thick. Like a, really? And then I save them oh. all for like the kitchen. So I, I don't know what the budget is in Springfield Township for rubber bands, <laughs> but they get the good ones and I save them all. Good for you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And watch is actually probably last of the three. Yeah, we're talking like a, like a fancy watch. Yeah, uh, I, I love a watch, but you know they can get clunky and stuff. It's no Foco bracelet. No, it's no friendship bracelet. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That was a good insight. Yeah, a little little deep dive into my soul there. All right. Still on the board are running back, tight end, linebacker, safety, and special teams. I'm going to take the Bills safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Jordan Poyer, we always remember, seventh-round pick of the Eagles back in 2013, released to make room for Matthew Tucker on the active roster. I think he's married to some like big Instagram somebody. Matthew Tucker or Jordan Poyer? Jordan Poyer. Was it like a playmate or somebody like very like um, attractive? Horny Zach territory here. Yeah, something in the Instagram world. I think Jordan Poyer's wife, Rachel Bush. Rachel Bush. Is she an actress? Uh, yeah, She's I, famous, yeah. I think. That's, I think you're right. Is that good? Rachel Jordan Bush Poyer? parties in London before Bill's game. That's good Jordan Poyer knowledge by That's me. That's a really good job. Yeah. I don't know who she is or what she does, but I, I know she's yeah, pleasant to look right. at. I think she's a, uh, some kind of influencer. <laughs> look at me. Nailed it. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's going to help you on Sunday is that Rachel Bush could potentially be in the stands at Lincoln Financial Field. Maybe if, if Jordan Poyer stops a brotherly shove, it'll be the, mm. the, the Bush push. <laughs> or the... Trying to they out they how, might how play that, that later together. that evening. <laughs> well, you know, who knows when they get? You know, they might get back to Buffalo late. That's the classic Jordan Matthews thing. Remember, he said yes. uh, he they had kids when he was in Buffalo because there was nothing else to do up there. It's a fair point. Yeah. So good for Jordan Poyer. So uh, I thought about the safety, and so that's why I'm taking the. <laughs> He's got those pretty eyes, Jordan Poyer, like kind of Kelly Oubre-ish. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, Zach Berman chiming in on the ch- on the chat. Kevin Garnett was the first rubber band influencer yes. in the NBA. I can remember. You might as be a right. former rubber band wearer. You might be right. Zach Berman nailing it, even while sick. It might have been Garnett. I always loved Garnett because he was just badass, and he was yeah. Always Zach nude. is right. All nude is the uh, yeah. my Kevin Garnett memory that ESPN the magazine commercial. Yes. Um, yeah. Zach right. Berman from the Rafters. Look at that. Great job. So I'm taking uh, Poyer and Hyde. You're getting Reed Blankenship and Kevin Byard, who is coming off his best game as an Eagle. Um, yeah, so Jordan Poyer, obviously the best of this group. Um, and I had them very close. And I had Bills ahead of the Eagles, so I think you made the right pick when it came to safeties there. Um, but I was okay with, you know, Reed Blankenship, I think, is getting a little bit of a bad rap this year. Because Who's giving him a bad rap? He's been very good. I've heard some things on like sports radio, you know. Hey, first time, long time. This Reed Blankenship guy stinks. Can I tell you my uh, uh, nickname I came up for him? I came up with him for... It's not Chicken Little like Devontae? Yesterday, with yesterday. What is going on with me? <laughs> Am I having a stroke? <laughs> uh, Troy Palomeo. <laughs> I like that. Are you going to run it by him? I think we're just going to print that T-shirt. <laughs> That's good. PHLY Locker. I like it better off. than my Ed Reed Blankenship. So um, Jordan Palomeo. That's that's strong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You've got running back, tight end, linebacker, and special teams still available. 
I am going to take, uh, I think, the most obvious advantage on the board right now with Dallas Goddard being out. Yeah, I, I will go with right. Dalton Kincaid. Uh, he's a rookie, correct? He is a rookie. Utah? Yes. Um, he's having a pretty good year. And if Dallas Goddard's in this game, I think the Eagles have the advantage. But Dallas Goddard is not playing. So I will take Dalton Kincaid over Jack Stahl. I think this is a good pick. Kincaid's been, uh, been very good for them lately. Uh, last five games between like 50 and 80, 85 yards. And he has been helped, I think, by the beginning of the season when they had Dawson Knox. They were playing a ton of 12 personnel, second in the league to uh, the Falcons, who like are trying to play 1950s football. But since then, uh, since like week six, they're barely playing any 12 personnel. They're 30th in the league in, in 12 personnel. And that's gotten him better matchups, I think. Uh, rookie tight ends famously take a long time and do not produce very much. He has been ahead of the pack there. And uh, yeah, Jack Stoll had like one catch for two yards and that was yeah. a good game for him. Last yeah, week, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the clear that's, advantage where I can. Good, that's a good pick. Because I think, uh, it, what, what do we have left? We have running back and linebackers. And don't forget about special teams. Of course. Uh, linebacker, I think is, or excuse me, running back, I believe to be pretty even. Um, linebacker is an interesting one. And then of course... Could come down to special teams. Britton Covey's been Britton pretty damn been good. Really good. Uh, the Bills are not good on special teams. 21st in special teams DVOA. The Eagles are fifth. I might, I might even go there. Wow. Uh, I mean, I the way I would play this game is to take the clear advantages off the board as early as you can. Right? I don't know how Zach Berman plays, uh, but that's that's what I would do. But special teams... I, 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 you know what? I'm gonna take DeAndre Swift. Okay. Over James Cook. James Cook has been has he's been, been very, very good. good when he's held on to the ball. Mm. Uh, he is he is fourth in the league in rushing yards, just uh, like two rushing yards behind DeAndre Swift, and he's the only guy aside from Raheem Mostert who is averaging at least five yards a carry among the top twenty rushers. He's also fourth on the team in targets. He's been pretty good, but I like what I saw from DeAndre Swift last week. Uh, I thought it was nice to get him in the open field more than they had since the first quarter of the season. Um, I like Swift a little bit more than Cook. Now, you can make a case that like uh, Latavius Murray is better than what the Eagles have as their second running back. I would back. make that case. Um, but how often is the second running back deciding right. games? I don't think this is a huge delta. Probably not as big of a difference as the special teams, but I'm, I'm still going to take Swift. Uh, that is, um, I think, pretty sound thinking right there. Uh, so I will, whew, between linebackers and special teams, uh, vehemently in my soul, I believe I cannot take special teams here, even though it is an advantage. Uh, but I might. Uh, I'm, I'm stalling as I talk this one out because... Well, if the Bills had Matt Milano healthy, yes, they've would be been a, that falling would be a apart. Big, that His would injury be a, coincides with their... yes defensive wheels falling off yes i think the eagles linebackers again like reed blankenship the eagles are just getting thrown on constantly because teams can't run so i think the eagles linebackers have been sneaky good yet fuck special teams i'm taking the eagles linebackers you're taking the eagles linebackers yeah okay interesting uh bill's linebackers are terrell bernard and tyrell dodson bernard is the the better of the two uh third round pick from last year but you happy? I, don't think, I don't think you're getting... I probably would have taken the Bills guys, but not felt like super great about it. It's a it. coin flip. The special yeah. teams advantage is probably more stark, so you probably win the last round pick here. Wow. Maybe this is, where I win the, this is where I win the game. Or maybe I just sent you up for some mental warfare. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, so you take the uh, Eagles linebackers. Yeah. As you said, Zach Cunningham has been has been good. He has been. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, I think, is, has not been great. And by um, the way, um, Shaq Leonard, if he clears waivers, would you? Now, there's a I reason would. they let him go. He's probably not as good in pass coverage anymore as he once was. Yes. But for the depth name is alone at a position. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that Nicholas Morrow has been good enough to like not want to bring in Shaq sure. Leonard. Um, there's no reason to claim him. We talked about this on the show yesterday. Yes. Is there? 30th 32nd uh in the waiver order so there's no reason to claim him because if you don't claim him he's going to be free and you don't have to pay the six million there's a good chance um, he clears the waivers and uh, as you, you were the one who pointed out yesterday that that he had that tweet supporting nick sirianni after sirianni's bad press conference he's like you know this guy's a good coach and so there is that uh relationship, relationship there which means that if he is free to choose whichever team he wants and to go there's to, also the there's, chance there's, of right. ring chasing exactly. as a so veteran i i think it's possible yeah, I think it's really possible. I saw somebody listed him as one of the top five teams that could uh, contend for his rights uh, and, and the Maniac. And plus, he's got a badass nickname. I mean, who doesn't want the Maniac on their team? You always want the Maniac. Yeah, second to uh, Troy Palomeo. <laughs> that is good. When I think of a Maniac football player, I think of Brian Brayman. That's Yes, the blood down the, the yeah. nose. Or Brian Cushing, somebody like that. So, like, let me get inside Bo's head here for a minute. When you're okay. when you're kind of workshopping Troy Palomeo, yeah, uh, was were you watching some tape? Were you reading something about Reed Blankenship? And then does your mind just go down the rabbit hole of trying to create a nickname, or were you making a sandwich and you scoop the mayo out? It's a good question. Yeah, um, where did we take? Us I was thinking. Let me think of a nickname for Reed Blankenship that plays into him being a white guy. Mm-hmm. And Mayo is very white. Uh, okay, let me think of a safety who plays similarly to him in a uh, like a not as good, but in terms of the type of player he is. Mm -hmm. Okay, Troy Palomalo, white, white. How can I do one? <laughs> Troy, well, Mayo. oh Mayo. <laughs> Troy, so there you go. Mayo. Yeah, that's good. It's it's strong. It is strong. Like the Hellman's Hellraiser, <laughs> uh, Duke's Destroyer. I'm yeah. a Duke's Mayo guy. You're a Duke's guy. Yeah, because they got that bowl game. Uh, it's just a little, it's a little thicker. Okay. <laughs> okay. I appreciate the thickness yeah. of it. Asante Samuel, <laughs> all that thickness is where my, my mind goes there. All right, let's run down these rosters. Jamie, you have Jalen Hurts, the Bills running backs, the Eagles wide receivers, the Bills tight ends, the Bills tackles, the Eagles interior offensive line, the Eagles edge rushers, the Bills defensive tackles, the Eagles linebackers, the Bills corners, the Eagles safeties, and the Bills special teams. So I've got the Josh Allen, the Josh Allen, the Eagles running backs, the Bills wide receivers, the Eagles tight ends, the Eagles tackles, the Bills interior offensive line, the Bills edge rushers, the Eagles defensive tackles, the Bills linebackers, the Eagles uh, corners, the Bills safeties, and the Eagles special teams. I think my defense is better than yours, pretty starkly, but I also think you have a better, uh, I mean, you've got definite better weapons to throw to with the Eagles wide receivers and Dalton Kincaid, and you've got Jalen Hurts. So yeah, you took my one. my two off the board. Uh, the Eagles cornerbacks and the Eagles inter interior defensive line were, were two targets I did want. I was unable to obtain them, so I would agree with your overall assessment. So is this going to be an offensive or defensive uh, ga game on Sunday? I guess that's what it could come down to. Yeah, the beauty of this game is that I get to shape the narrative mm -hmm. however I want Yeah, to sort of make it 
seem that I won the game, mm-hmm. even when it is very obvious that I did win the game. I was just like going to say, is there week. an official arbiter we bring in to decide the winner of there this? There is. It's me. It's you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I see why Zach loses so often. <laughs> <laughs> now you're starting to understand how the game is played. All right. Uh, I think oh, that's by the way, cousin, cousin Gray says James Harrison is uh, the maniac. That is a good maniac. I have a yeah. little humble brag story about James Harrison. Okay, let's I was it. working the sidelines of Super Bowl... Steelers, Cardinals, whatever that one was. Okay. The um, San Antonio Holmes cast. Yes. Game, yes. And the James Harrison here, fumb- yeah. uh, interception. Working the sidelines in house. I was working with the Steadicam operator for Sunday Night Football. Okay. Uh, so I was his like equipment guy, stand, like move with him. So we get a special lane on the field. Okay. In front of the photography lane and other media lane. So we get Is to run. like you've got like equipment. Uh, like your batteries, like his, his rest for his camera, like all of his gears, screwdrivers, a bunch of stuff. I'm like the utility. You got to be like locked in. Yeah, locked in, and he and he he's the best in the world, so he takes it very seriously. So anyway, one of our pregame assignments was to shoot the Steelers coming down the ramp, and James Harrison came last, and I don't think I've seen a scarier image in my life than James Harrison walking onto a Super Bowl field. That man was dialed in. I think he was chewing glass, <laughs> and he was straight. I, I wasn't even playing in the game, and I was like, oh, my God. I can't imagine having to face that guy. So you want to talk about all-time maniacs? James Harrison is definitely up there. That guy terrified me. I like that. Yeah, so that's my James Harrison story. That is a good James Harrison story. <laughs> I want to get more into the, uh, like your, your past life. I did some cool stuff. Camera. I was in a Ray Lewis uh, huddle. When he was giving the defense, we were the only non-Ravens in there, me okay. and the Steadicam guy. And he didn't curse. I found that incredible. But like while he was doing the defense right, pump right, right. up speech and he didn't curse, I was like, how do you not curse? Pretty impressive. That is good. Yeah. So I did some cool stuff. man, Ray Lewis. Yeah. But James Harrison, uh, scary man. Okay. Probably a sweetheart, but with football pads on and, and being game day, pretty, pretty intimidating. <laughs> I needed a new pair of shorts after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even playing them. Well, there you go. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, well, we'll we'll close it out there uh, for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Uh-huh. That's a story that Zach could not have told. Yeah. So. I'm Jamie Lynch, and I need new underwear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be off tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. But we will be back on Friday. Uh, maybe Zach will be back. Maybe Maybe not. We hope he feels better. But otherwise, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy the day. Uh, Stay tuned to Zach's Twitter today. He's not going to be at the facility, but rest assured that he's going to be keeping you updated on everything that happens anyway. That's just uh, what he's going to do because he is the best. So for uh, all of us here at the PHLY Eagles podcast, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, we love you. (laughs) 